You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everybody, welcome to a special Broken Meeple podcast episode. Yes, I am doing, finally, my Essen preview on this podcast. So for video viewers and for audio listeners, hopefully you'll get some benefit. Although I almost forgot I had to do this. <laughs> I literally had a viewer say to me, it's like, when, on, when are you doing that Essen preview? I'm looking forward to it. And something went off in my brain, like, a wooga, a wooga. It's like, oh, great, I forgot to do that. So... I thought, well, how am I going to do a separate video? Have I got to do a live stream? I don't know. And I was tempted to do a live stream, but then I realized, oh, I've got to do this podcast as well on top of all the other content I've got to do. So I essentially decided, you know what? Let's combine the podcast into it. That's the easiest way to do it. So it's not live, but I think it should work fine as a podcast. So that's what this entire episode, after I've done with my musings and thoughts about how things are in general, will go straight to talking about Essen. So uh, yeah, I mean, generally... Things aren't too bad at the moment. Um, my acid reflux is sort of acting up a little bit lately, uh, I, which is kind of weird because usually the acid refluxing acts up more because of stress and usually negative stress, like negative stress from the previous job I used to have. Current job's fine. I mean, I'm now there permanently. I've had my six-month probation is done fine and I'm all good. You know, I'm enjoying the job. But What's kind of weird is maybe it's just the stress of trying to get everything done before Essen blog-wise. And it's not burnout or anything like that. Don't worry about that. It's enjoyable stress. You know, I've got lots of content coming. I mean, I've got all sorts. I've got the Tainted Grail prototype I'm going to play tomorrow. I'm going to and, and preview. I've been playing some board and dice games like Tile Term or Talatium or whatever it's pronounced as and Terracotta Army. I've got Wrath of the Lighthouse, the solo expansion for... Empires of the North to do. I've just had Twilight Inscription in the post to review. I've bought I bought everything to do with Obsession because it literally appeared on Kiender for about five minutes. It's like, oh yeah, I better get it all now and try and give it the beans. And yes, as a you know, as a present to the Patreons, you know, I uh, you know I will do a full review of Obsession a bit later in the year. Not Patreon only. I'll do it for public viewing as well. But you know, I figured. I owe the Patreons like one that I, I know I've been asked about in the past. And it's like, all right, obsession. I'll do that one. I've had Tindaya in the post from Kickstarter. Oh, I mean, there's a well, there's more than that even. I mean, there's a lot of cool games I'm going to get to play in the next few weeks before Essen. Uh, hopefully, well, eh, maybe not Tindaya. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. It depends on time. But, you know, with our bank holiday we've got tomorrow, uh, you know, we've got I've got extra time, you know, oh yeah, Oathsworn, I forgot, I want to continue that game, because I've only played the first couple of scenarios, and I want to keep going, and see more, because I'm obviously doing a review of that one, and uh, my Kingdom Come Deliverance uh, preview video should be airing today as well, so by all means, go check that one out, Uh, the embargo should have lifted, so... There's a lot of good stuff I've played and am playing, and maybe that's why the acid reflux is acting up a little bit, you know, it's a little bit on the hot side inside, but... It's not negative. I mean, the Omeprazole just doesn't seem to be, like, doing a huge amount towards it at the moment. But it's not to get 
concerned about health-wise and that. I think it's just, you know, leading up to Essen and post-Essen is always a bit of a stressful time for me, but it's good stress. This isn't that where I'm that too worried about. If there's any negative stress at the moment, um, I mean, I've had some, you know, my family's had to go through a couple of things lately and it's just like, oh, that, you know, that sucks a bit. Nothing too bad. It, it, well, it depends on your perspective, but yeah, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, but uh, maybe also single life's starting to get to me a little bit because I've been a, like a, basically, a, I like to call it a bachelor for ages, but I just, honestly, it's just the fact that I'm single and online dating died a whole cold death back in uh, uh, 2020 when like, when all the COVID start, started happening and it hasn't recovered. So maybe just the idea of like, you know, growing old and possibly dying alone or something, so like a bit of a negative, but I don't know, that's just stuff flooding through my head, crazy thoughts. Let's get on to good stuff though. The channel is going great. There's been some, you know, fun content to do. Almost up to 17,900 viewer um, subs. I cannot believe it's ever got to that point. You know, at this rate, we're going to head to 18,000. I can't wait for the day if I ever get to 20,000. That's going to be amazing. But more and more people are watching some of these videos. Uh, more and more people are watching the reviews, particularly. The Kickstarter series is going well. There's been a lot of praise for the top 100. So I thought each one would get more views than they have. But like I say, there's a lot of engagement. Lots of people are responding positively to the content that's come out, to the top 100, to the Kickstarter vids. And it makes me happy makes me very, very, very happy to see all that. So you know, that will continue. I haven't forgotten about the top 100. You know, I'll get on with that. It's just, you know, with all the other content, I've just got to try and do it in between it. But this tends to happen each time. I start it in August, tend to finish in October. That will not change this year. I'm pretty certain that will be the case. There's no way I'm going to get the whole top 100 done before October. That's just not going to happen. But, you know, well, I'll get on with it, as I keep saying, and do all right. Live content is not stopping, as I know, you know, it may be noticeable that I haven't done anything live for a while. I just hadn't had the time. I want to do a Q&A at some point. Um, I want to obviously do collaborations again. Um, all Aboard Gamer uh, wants to do something with me. We're going to do a top five or top ten list after that, uh, after Essen. Uh, the chairman of the board has gone in touch with me and said, you know, we had a good time last time. You know, can we uh, do it again? I'm like, yep, I'm totally down for that. So I'm sure we'll do something after Essen. You know, so there's more cool stuff on the horizon. I'm excited. It's just a case of getting it all done. If only I had somebody else to help me out with it. You know, I need a co. I need a. I need. I don't need just a girlfriend. I need like a girlfriend that's also a co-host. That's also a tech whiz. That would be absolutely ideal. Yeah, wishful thinking, Luke. But. Yeah, all in all, pretty solid. So anyway, enough ramblings about me. Why don't we get on with Essen? So Essen is a convention that takes place in Germany, in Essen, funny enough, that's what it's called. It's called Essen Spiel, uh, or the Spiel Fair. It's basically mecca for board gamers. You know, we, everybody from around the world goes on effectively a pilgrimage to Essen and looks at games, buys games, demos games, uh, socializes with other content creators and publishers and each other from all around the world. It's a chance to go visit, you know, place in Europe, you know, because much as our government tried to screw us over on that front, I still love Europe. So <laughs> I still like to go visit other countries. And it's just a great time. I've been going for what now, four or five years now, I think. And it's been fun every time. This year is even looking better, to be honest, not necessarily because of the games that have coming out. We're getting on to that in a minute. But more just the fact that 
it social wise it seems like fun there's a lot of people i haven't seen for a while that's going to be there and publishers are a bit more open to meeting up with me you know setting up meetings with me you know doing review copies and stuff like that and it's like this is taking a while to kind of build obviously not all of them you know but you know a good decent amount of them have been more open to the idea and it's like cool you know what this is fun so from a business perspective and from a social perspective this year's Essen is looking pretty cool and they'll get to you know hang out with Paul Grogan so I got to drive him up and back you know we'll be you know we'll be in the same hotel not sharing a room anymore because he's uh had a slightly different deal from Cephalofair Games so I'm but we're still in the same hotel but it's just a case of all right fine we're not sharing the same room now but yeah, it, it, I'm going to be playing some hot games there, seeing a lot of people, and I cannot, cannot wait. It's going to be really cool, really, really cool. But, you know, in terms of, uh, like, the gist, I mean, I'll be heading up on the Tuesday, I'm coming back on the, on the Sunday, I'll be driving up and driving back, uh, relying on public transport while I'm there, and just doing my usual thing. I'll be wandering around a convention and having a good time. I've got a lot of meetings to go to with publishers, so I'll be kind of a all over the place for particularly Thursday and Friday when I tend to make that my two main convention meetings and get demos done day. Saturday I will be helping out entirely on Greater Than Games uh, booth as a volunteer uh, to mitigate the cost of going to Essen. So I'll be teaching Sentinels in the Multiverse Definitive Edition the entire day. Can it get much better than that? And then on Sunday I'll be doing a half shift for spirit island teaching not the horizons of spirit island but spirit island so you know but like i said a day and a half of doing greater than game stuff will be fun because you may think well hang on doesn't that just like cut out the last half of the convention for you but honestly when you've got the press event on wednesday as well as the ability to go into the convention a little bit earlier than other people I find that by the end of Friday, I've got most of what I need done. Like, I've gone and bought all the essential stuff I need to buy. And then I've done a bunch of meetings. And so anything else I do in the convention is kind of just wandering around and kind of going, hmm, hmm, hmm. And bear in mind, these conventions are open from 10 till 7. You know, that's nine hours. There's only so much time I need to be wandering around. Also, Saturday is a nightmare to actually do anything at the convention. If you want to try and get a demo of your prized game on a Saturday, good luck with that. So I tend to always work on the Saturday. Although, in a mask with COVID, you know, COVID mask and uh, loud room. I mean, Great and Games should... I don't know where the booth is. I'm hoping they're not in Hall 3. Because... Last time I did it with Portal and Hall 3, and blimey, my throat was hurting after I was teaching on that booth. But I'm I'm expecting Greater Than Games will probably be in one of the quieter halls, maybe like Hall 4, Hall 5. And if that's the case, then great, because they'll be quieter, it'll be a bit easier to talk and do things, and I'll still be able to demo well. But yeah, I mean, if you want to meet me in person, then by all means, just come up, say hi. I mean... Worst case scenario, I might be heading towards the meeting and I might have to just make it quick. But, you know, most of the time you should be able to grab me and, you know, just say hi. Just say hi. Shake my hand. Give me a hug. You know, I'm, I'm all up for hugs. And, you know, say you like the show. That will make me happy. It will make my day. So, you know, by all means, do not think that if you see me Monday around, I will not talk to you. Now, I hope to be wearing my uh, Broken Meeple polo shirts that day. So it should be easy enough to spot me. Although... The last batch I had are not the biggest in the world, and I'm not exactly getting any thinner, so do I want to wear them around a convention? Probably should, though, because otherwise how on earth are you going to recognize me at the convention? But uh, hopefully I'll be wandering around in some Broken Meeple polo shirts, so if you spot the logo, you'll spot me. 
failing that, um, I will be you know doing stuff in the evenings. I'm going to be going to the Patreon meet up with Paul Grogan in that evening. So as I say, just if you spot me, come and say hi. I'll definitely be up for having a little chat, even just a word, even just a thanks for doing what you're doing. You know, have a good time. Anything like that makes me happy. But okay, let's get on to the actual convention. Now, I am using the Geek Preview that's on Board Game Geek to do this. However, I do want to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Tabletop Together, the Tabletop Together tool. I use this to kind of draft my initial list of which games I want, need, maybe, don't give them monkeys about, that kind of thing. And apparently there's a few more I need to sort out here that have appeared in recent days because it keeps updating. But this tool is invaluable for me to do my initial list of, okay, these games look interesting or I don't care about these games. And I tend to whittle down like several hundred games to about 20 and I know that sounds harsh, but honestly, I don't have a lot of information about these games. Nobody does. So I have to base it on several things. Who designed it? Who published it? And is the board cover look good? And maybe what mechanics it has? You know, I have to judge it kind of on its looks. I mean, I can look at this list, for example, and, uh, you know, I look at something like that old wallpaper. I have no idea what that is, but it's AEG. Okay. Okay, a pattern building card game from AEG. I'll give it a look. So you know what? Maybe. I'll put that on the maybe. But then, you know, if I looked at something like the Guild of Merchant Explorers from the same thing, I'd be like, no, I, that, that title sounds boring. The cover is boring and it's just not going to be for me. So, you know, this is just an example. But then I can look at uh, Verdant and it's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to have a look at Verdant. And funny enough, these are all from AEG. This is complete uh, like coincidence. But, you know, there are other games I'll see that are in a different language or different. I mean, like I got no interest in World of Tanks. All right. I've never played the computer game. I don't care about the game itself. So it's like, yeah, fine. Ignore. So I, I go through this and I whittle my list down, you know, pretty easily. And it's a useful tool. You know, so Tabletop Together tool, it's Spiel 22, so they've got all the games on there and they keep updating it. It's a very useful thing to have, and they might even have maps. Do they have maps? Um, well, that's a very basic map, but to be honest, uh, if you get the Spiel app, there's they've done an actual app for your phone, you can actually get a detailed layout of the halls and what's happening at the convention to, you know, for this, get for, you know, for spiel 22 so by all means go find that app it's a little bit weird to find on google play but it does exist and i've tried it and it looks pretty good so far so no more carrying around a3 maps of you know the convention i can actually now just download the app and have it all there with publisher locations and everything so uh not bad. I mean, maybe you might need a checklist of routes, so you know which halls your favorite publishers are in. You can do that, but at least I don't need like an A3 fold-out sheet, which I used to have to do. But I just wanted to give a bit of a shout-out for that. Okay, day. right, let's put myself in picture-in-picture picture mode on here. So, obviously, if you're listening to this on audio, you're not going to be able to see pictures, but I will do my best to explain everything as clear as I can. So, if you're listening on the audio, you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. Obviously, those of you watching can just view this on the screen. Now, I do not know details about a lot of these games, okay? Even the ones that have caught my eye. So don't expect this to be a descriptive, like massive information dump of exposition about why all these games are amazing. I'm just gonna be looking over them almost like a first time look with you guys. And if I know anything about them, I'll say, but 
I will just basically be going through it and treating this as kind of like a, you know, almost like a live viewpoint. So what I have done is I've gone on to BGG, I've got the Spiel 22 preview open and I have sorted by thumbs. So people go on this list and they sort it by, they, they give a thumbs up to what they like and I've basically sorted it by what is the hotness. So at least I shouldn't be talking about like really random games on there, but obviously I haven't got enough throat power or time to talk about every game in existence at Essen. So give me a break, all right? So I will be skipping a few or, you know, digressing over some, but you're just going to have to <laughs> bear with me on that because I'm pretty sure nobody else does any better. All right, well, let's start off with the hottest game on the list. So I'm going to start with the most thumbs, and we're going to be working down as we go along. And these will include expansions. So Hamlet, the village building game. Okay, so I'm going to be meeting with Mighty Boards, uh, mainly because of Vengeance, Roll and Write, because Vengeance was an interesting game about... It kind of like uh, if you took Kill Bill along with some of those revenge thriller style, like gory thriller style um, films, it's basically Kill Bill the game. And it was an interesting concept and I really liked the idea, but it was an absolute mission to get it to the table and do the rules and actually play the game. So a roll and write version sounds quite cool, but they also have done Hamlet, the village building game. Okay, not going to lie, that's not exactly the best title. I don't need a village building game tagline. That seems really arbitrary. But Hamlet works. But uh, David Chirkop, uh, I don't know if, he, if that's how you pronounce the designer, he's done some stuff. Oh, yeah, I knew I knew him from somewhere. He did um, The Pursuit of Happiness. Now, I'm not a massive fan of Petrichor. Uh, Petrichor's okay. A bit too mean for me. And then we held hands. It's a quirky little game. But uh, his top, other top game is The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, what else has he done? Uh, there's Petrichor, 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 Pursuit of Happiness. Okay, so he hasn't done many games, but he has designed one of my favorite games of all time. So that already gives you a plus point in my uh, books there, mate, <laughs> Mr. David. And thank you for Pursuit of Happiness. So, uh, yeah, Mighty Boards and, Ham and David Chirkop. Uh, wait two and a half, one to four players, up to 90 minutes. I'll be the judge of that, but again... That sounds so, so, so what exactly are you doing? I mean, lots of buildings with different shapes, all fitting together in interesting ways. One central hamlet the players contribute to with its own self-forming demand and supply economy. Villagers walking through the hamlet, delivering food to households and building resources. And then the church will be finally built and it will be a fledgling town who will be the biggest benefactor. And it has a solo mode by collaboration of Nick Shaw and David Turksey. So I'm expecting a rule book of 10, 15 pages to appear. <laughs> so, you know, Turksey never does anything simple when it comes to his solo modes. But, you know, to be fair, does a good solo mode. So, you know, got to give the guy credit. But, okay, so, interesting. A regular shape, so it's a medium weight competitive village builder. All right, so is it what polyominoes? I don't entirely know because we're like up to here with polyomino games. Oh, screen printed meeples, that looks really nice. Uh, half decent insert bag. So, what exactly? Oh, <laughs> 3D church tower is that in the game? A very nice looking cover. I mean, actually, yeah, that cover is beautiful. Oh, yeah, nice sunny, sunny day, people doing their business in the village, nice little house, wheelbarrow, hedges, and oh, yeah, that is beautiful. I want that on my wall. But I can't see many other images. Ah, oh, here we go, some images of the gate. So there's a lot of meeples. Uh, this is probably prototypes, though. That's the thing. Yeah, so this isn't going to show me a lot about the game itself. It looks quite busy on some of these tiles, though, so I hope it's not too busy to understand what it is you're going on. But 
you essentially put these hex tiles on the board. So there's quarry and pond and church, and then it says points if connected by bridge and other little markers on it. So it's not polyomino, which is good. I was afraid it was going to be a polyomino game. It's not. Although the shapes are interesting, weird, because some of them are hexagons, some of them are triangles, one of them is a multi-hex board, so it's not quite polyomino in a sense, but it's certainly got elements of that. Interesting. Although this is a, it was prototyped last year, so I guess it's finished now? I mean, yeah, October 21, these are prototypes, so I'm expecting that it's finished for Essen, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Hamlet, you have, in fact, let me load up the Tabletop Together tool on the side and see if I have got this on my list. So I should be able to search for Hamlet. Okay, let's have a look. Hamlet. Oh, I've only put it down as maybe and it's only a demo only. Oh, that's a shame. Well, okay, I'm going to upgrade that to want. I think that's a interesting looking game. So mm, I'm definitely intrigued to see more of Hamlet. Okay, right, the Red Cathedral Contractors, not that interested, I've played Red Cathedral, it's a decent game, but there's too much AP in it, I mean, deciding what you're going to do with the cards and that, hello Ice Cream Man, uh, deciding what you're going to do with those dice is an AP nightmare for a game that's meant to take up to 90 minutes and can easily take longer with a four player count, so I got rid of my copy, but I still respect it as a decent game, but yeah, there's an expansion coming, if you like Red Cathedral, go grab it. Lacrimosa. I've never heard of this one. P participate in the completion of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's last piece, The Requiem. 70, pounds, 70 euros, one to four players, 90 minutes. Okay, what's this one about then? I have not heard of this one. This is the first. From Devere Games. Okay, Devere Games. Same with Red Cathedral. They do good stuff. Oh, wait, three and a half, nearly. Ooh, nearly three and a half. That's a heavy game. Is this going to be like, uh, oh, what was that other one? Batoku, which turned out to be a bit of a dud for me. Looks gorgeous, but oh my god, was that game long and fiddly. So, what do we got here? Uh, in Lacrimosa, players take the roles of patrons of the late musician, contributing with their fundings to the composer's works one last time. You play two different timelines, present and the past. In the present, you commission the missing parts of the Requiem from other composers in order to complete it. When developing past events, the game takes place in five epochs in which you contribute by buying new compositions from the composer to sell or exhibit. Okay, you play cards from a limited hand that will improve as the game progresses, they can be played as actions or resource generators, and you need to optimize yourself. Well, that sounds complicated as all get out, and not surprising with that. Sadly, the board looks, I mean, it looks like a pretty good production, but the board looks beige. I mean, this looks like every beige euro you've ever seen it's set in that time period so yes i can tell that my friends are absolutely going to love this game because it looks beige uh but it does look pretty involved um i like the theme i mean the theme dealing with mozart and that is different from every other thing that's done in this time period but other than that i don't really know anything else about it it uh, you know, i wouldn't have looked at it from the cover because I wouldn't have even recognised that as Mozart, really, because my knowledge of uh, this area is somewhat limited. But, interesting. I mean, I'm going to... I'd probably put that one as... Uh, what you got? Yeah, yeah. probably put it as ignore at first. All right, I'm going to put it as maybe. Let's upgrade it to maybe. I'll give it a try, but I'm not going to put too much steam behind it. Woodcraft. This one I should be getting a review copy for, although... Um, you know, albeit at cost still, but still, it's whatever, I'll take it. 
but it's uh, 60 to 120 minutes. Woodcraft from Delicious Games from Vladimir Su Suhi. Uh, somebody had to correct me on the pronunciation. They said that the uh, phonetic pronunciation was Suhi, like S-U-E dash he. So Vladimir Suhi, Vladimir Suchi, Vladimir Suhi. Oh, I, I know. I'm, I butcher these things. But weight 3.75. That is obscene. Please tell me that's not exactly its rating. That sounds insanely heavy. But uh, one to four players, up to two hours. So probably two and a half hours because you always got to add on 30 minutes with these things because they always lie. You play as forest people, running competing workshops in the woods. Would you gathering wood and crafting goods for your customers? Sounds like Santa's workshop. <laughs> oh, please tell me I can ham it up and treat it as Santa's workshop, because that'd be hilarious. On the way, you hire helpers, improve your workshop, and buy different types of wood. This is going to run into so many different jokes about wood, it's unbelievable. And other tools to create the best workshop you can. Uh, complete your projects with wood dice that can be cut down to size, glued back together, and adjusted using dice manipulation to be as efficient as possible. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, Slicker Drips has done a solo playthrough. Oh, will you go away, Ice Cream Man? Um, uh, Paul Grogan has even done a playthrough a couple of days ago of it. So, yeah, both of them are getting involved in this. Um, but nobody else I kind of trust to go behind it. So, yeah, this sounds cool. I've yet to watch the playthrough of Paul Grogan's, and I just haven't had time. But um, it's on my watch list because I'm intrigued by it. I think the theme sounds pretty cool. It's a bit different. Uh, Delicious Games have done, you know, they've done some pretty good stuff. They've done Underwater Cities and uh, even, oh, what was it called? Praga Kaboot Redney was pretty good. You know, not amazing, but pretty good. Underwater Cities I really like. Um... Pulsar 2849 was Czech Game Editions, but it was Vladimir Suchi. So, designer or publisher-wise, probably more for the designer, because I think uh, Vladimir's uh, recent designs have impressed me more than his earlier ones. Uh, there's also Ross Arnold as a designer, so it's co-designed anyway. Delicious Games, up and down. I mean, I really like, uh, you know, Prague Kaboot Reading was pretty good, uh, The despite its basic boring theme. The... Uh, Underwater Cities is still one of my top 100 games. I've recently talked about it on my last Top 100 segment. And, you know, I reckon this looks pretty good as well. So I'll have to give Paul Grogan's video a watch and as well as Tom Heath's one to see what it's like. But I'm intrigued by this and I'm probably certain that I gave this one at least a maybe on my list. Or oh, I even made it a like. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to look into uh, Woodcraft. Great Western Trail Argentina, I don't give a flying cow about this one. <laughs> you know my thoughts about Great Western Trail, you know I hate the game, and I'm worried about... I'm going to call it now. Great Western Trail Argentina is going to get tons of love from everybody who likes Great Western Trail, because why would you hate one and not the other? It's going to get its own listing on BoardGameGeek, because it pretty much already has. Even though it says re-implements Great Western Trail 2nd Edition, this feels like it's going to get its own listing... It's going to be one of those, oh yeah, it's it's so different from the original, even though it tweaks maybe two things or something. It's going to be like Brass, like Brass Lancashire and Brass Birmingham. There's going to be two listings, they're going to be high, they're going to have two spots in the top 100, and it's going to infuriate me because it's basically the same game with a few tweaks. It's a ticket to ride map pack for Great Western Trail. You know, will it have anything different? Well, let's have a look. I mean, you know, okay, so... You own a vast a vast ranch in Argentina. You need to travel the plains of Pampas with your cattle to deliver them to the main train station in Buenos Aires. Okay, identical to the previous one. Gameplay elements similar, such as deck management, the pointless deck building system, the rondelle, the ability to upgrade your player board. Uh, okay. So what's new then? What exactly is new? 
A new type of worker, farmers and different paths. Well, just because you change the layout of the map doesn't make any difference. But farmers, okay, a new worker. Uh, will you take the road with buildings or path past farmers? Maybe you'll have the chance to use your cows as well as the strength on your cow cars to help farmers get them on your side and add grain, a new type of resource to your income. Okay, all right. I mean, that sounds all right. Uh, you can unlock shortcuts, uh, the timing of reaching the central station, to deliver your herd has never been so crucial. Well, it's the same with the festivals. What difference does it make? Uh, money is easier to get in Argentina, but you'll have more to manage in terms of action options, shortcuts and cards, including the new exhaustion cards, and introduces a solitaire challenge. Uh, and the only videos I can see is the usual hype. So, I mean, if you're a great Western Trail fan, you're probably salivating at the mouth to get this. But I, there's not really many pictures of, well, okay, there's no pictures of this I can really reliably use apart from the back of the box. But, I mean, that looks identical to the other board, except for the fact that it's a bit more green in the other boards. But that's kind of it. You know, a different solo mode, fine. Exhaustion's obviously a new thing. It's a standalone game, so a, a trilogy. I mean, this is literally going to be like brass, isn't it? I know it. It's going to get that sort of treatment. But, whatever. I was never a fan of Great Western Trail. Maybe this one is better, I don't know. Maybe the maybe delivering it to a train rather than those festivals. Because I never got the idea that you were encouraged to go to a festival for negative points to do well in the late game. That's just counterintuitive and doesn't make any sense. But then, obviously, the ninja cow thing of why your cows mysteriously disappear when you get to a festival. And it's like, right, I have my prize cows to sell. Where are they? Well, they've all turned into ninjas and hopping in trees somewhere. It's like, seriously, why can't I sell my best cows at the festival when I get there? Stupid shoehorn deck building mechanic. I hate this game. But, as I say, I... I Digress, this is not a review copy I'll be picking up for sure. I mean, if they give me one for free, which I very much doubt they're going to, because if they know anything about me, they know I'm going to be going in with a bit of a uh, down palette on it. But, like I say, if I end up with a copy, I'll try anything once. Maybe I'll give it another chance. Maybe time has passed since the last time I played it, and I can give it a bit more respect. But, hey, it's not one that I'm uh, going to be like salivating or like queuing at the uh, queuing at the booth for that's for certain but if you're in the Great Western Trail Argentina will be at Essen by all means give it a look if you're into it it's just not for me okay oh I've got the uh, white screen of death here come on there we go so Flowar never heard of it uh, probably gonna is that anything? I mean, it's high on the list. I should probably... Maybe I'll go through every single game on the Spiel Preview up to a point, fun-wise. And then I'll do a few later. Primi, Primi Genio Publisher. Designer Isra and Shy. I've never heard of this game. Uh, you... What's this? In Flora, you should decide where and at which moment to use your workers to get better contracts, flowers, and money so you stand out from the competition. It's an annual festival that commemorates the anniversary of the end of the 200 Years War. Uh, Graceful Rain, it's called, attracts thousands of workers willing to collect and transport the most beautiful flowers. Okay, I mean, is this a thing in real life? Uh, maybe? I mean, I don't know how many of these 100 years, 200 years, and many wars there were, but, I mean, if this is the thing in reality, fine. Never heard of it, although it does look quite pretty. I mean, that is a pretty looking board. It almost looks a bit like a flower with the bit that's opened out. Oh, good. Yeah, that is pretty pretty, actually. Yeah. I mean, okay. Never heard of it before. I wouldn't have even considered it based on that. Uh, 
Let's have a look. Uh, Flowar. What did I... I probably put it as Ignore because I'd never heard of it. And it's an economic game which is not necessarily something I'm desperate for. But um, I'll put it to maybe. Alright, I'll give this one a look. Aesthetically, it's very pleasing. So maybe that's all I need in order to like really, really get into this one. Alright, Septimer. That won't be there, will it? That's, that Septimer has only got to be there as a demo. There's no way. I mean, that's only recently just fulfilled, like, sorry, like, finished on Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, as a demo, and I have put it as want. Yeah, true. I've already backed this on Kickstarter, so, you know, for better or worse. <laughs> but it sounds pretty cool. If I get a chance to demo it, I will. Not much else I can really say. I mean, it's essentially you're building a witch coven which is definitely a unique theme in itself, uh, enthrall the townsfolk and rise to power as the new Septima. Simultaneous action selection with positive player interaction. Uh, secret selection of one of nine action cards. I always like that mechanic in a lot of games. Uh, competitive strategy game of witchcraft. As the leader of your coven, you must prove your worth in the town of Noctenburg to become the successor of Septima, the High Witch. Practice your craft and gain wisdom by collecting herbs, brewing potions, healing the townsfolk, mastering charms, and rescuing your fellow brothers and sisters from the trials. But beware, magic, even if for good, invokes suspicion in the townsfolk. That that description of the theme already made this like an auto back for me on Kickstarter. That sounds amazing as a concept. So I definitely backed it. I don't know anything else really about the rules, but... Honestly, are there any images of the board? I mean, yeah, it does look pretty, pretty, pretty. You know, lots of. If you're a fan of purple, you're going to love this game because it certainly does like its purple. It's Mind Clash. I mean, other than Perseverance, which was a bit of a dud, you know, they've generally always made games that I either love or at least like. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what this is like. And I want to really give this a review because I'm very interested to see what this claim of it being like 50 to 100 minutes because this is meant to be an easier title in the mind clash line but easy for mind clash is um it's it's kind of a high bar in terms of the weight of most of their games so saying one of their games is easy is not exactly like a big shock horror oops sorry taking a drink there because my throat is uh getting sore thank you for bearing with me but yeah <laughs> i mean no, I'm excited for Septima. If they've got a demo there, I will definitely be trying to get into a demo. But problem is, with all these meetings and then a day and a half of that, I can't guarantee I'm going to be getting into a lot of demos. But we'll just have to wait and see, you know, hopefully. I just need demos. That's the thing. I don't... This is the thing, actually. A little rant here with demos. Essen people, stop doing full games for demos, right? Just do a number of rounds. I just need to get a feel for the game. I'm not interested in winning or doing well. I just want to get a feel of the mechanics. It's all I need in the demo, right? Nice short demos. More people get to play your game. More people get excited. Do that. I'm certainly hoping that with the Greater Than Games booth, they've got that in hand. You know, a shorthand version of playing Sentinels and Spirit Island. Because there is no way you're going to be playing full games of that at a convention. Not going to happen. Certainly, if I'm demoing it, I'm not going to be doing you full games. You are going to be learning several rounds. In fact, Sentinels and the Multiverse has a starter game you can play with Baron Blade. I should probably research that ahead of time and make certain I use that to demo the game. But certainly with Spirit Island, yeah, you're going to play a few rounds and then be done. <laughs> I ain't putting you through the full game, mate. Especially not if there's four of you. Anyway, I digress. Right. Terracotta Army. Now, I have thoughts on this, but I'm not going to say any more on this preview. Uh, it's a board and dice game. It's uh, about building the statues in the Terracotta like army. 
um, the, the terracotta army thing over in China. You have an action wheel which allows you to select which actions you want in a turn. You can get special abilities and you're building these statues on this part of the grid board. I can't really say much more about it though because I'm doing a review video of this. I've already recorded it. I have my thoughts, both good and bad, and I will be doing releasing that video at some point over the next couple of weeks. So you basically I'm just saying that you have to wait and see for that review to get my full thoughts on it. But um I you know obviously I don't need to look for this at Essen. But just to let you know that if you're into board and dice, Terracotta Army will be at Essen. Among cultists, uh, never heard of this one. Cultists try to awake Yog Sofoth, be prepared. Never heard of this. Four to eight players, that's weird. Uh, Godot Games, again, not heard of this one. Ooh, very little information here. Okay. Become a member of M, a secret society. Four to eight investigators try to prevent the arrival of a great old one in the university, but watch how evil cultists are already... Ah, it's a social deduction experience. Inspired by the masterpiece Among Us. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's only one video on it, and it's called Among Cotus, but... Right, I wonder if that's why this one is high up on the thumbs list. The idea that it's basically, uh, you know, taking off the Among Us thing. Not bad artwork for the cover. Maybe you could have had a bit more detail on it, but I'm intrigued. But, alright, I'm intrigued. Alright, Among Cotus. I'm gonna just, uh, obviously, I, I bet you anything I put this as ignore. Because <laughs> I probably just looked at that title and just thought, okay, really? But, yeah, I definitely did. All right, well, let's put this as a maybe. All right, a traitor game, social deduction. We've seen a lot of those before, and I don't play them as often as I used to, but I still enjoy them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Among Us is a brilliant indie game on the PC. I haven't played it in a while, but it's just, yeah, it's really good fun. So, I'm intrigued to see what this one would translate as as a board game. So, by all means, let's have a look. Oh, now we're getting on to something I'm excited for. And yes, I hope to be picking a review copy of this because I'll be meeting with the lovely Jana. Um, I hope that's how you pronounce the name. Uh, J-A-N-A. -A, uh, over at Check Game Editions for this and another one they're doing. But Starship Captains. Take command of your crew to become the best Starship Captain in the galaxy. I know very little about this. I have deliberately not looked at a lot of stuff to do with this because I just looked at the cover and decided this game is for me. I mean, look at this. It's basically a showcase parody of Star Trek. You've got the red uniform. You've got the captain there. Kind of reminds me a bit of Janeway. You've then got four people at various stations. Uh, one being lazy. One being serious. One alien dude. One with a little creature in like, front of her with like, little squeaky googly eyes. And then spaceships and pirates and robots. If this is going to be something that's taking the mick kind of in a nice, light-hearted way of Star Trek. And it's going to invoke that kind of theme and references. This game could be phenomenal. In fact, I'm putting this out there now. You want to know who, like, the most popular publisher is going to be at Essen in terms of, like, the best games and that? It's going to be Czech Game Editions again. It's just like the other year when they did Under Falling Skies and Lost Ruins of Arnak. They owned Essen with those two games. With this one and the other one, Deal with the Devil, I think they're going to own this year's Essen because these two are hot. <laughs> these two are hot games, but... You know, the, all I can really see for them is various bits of artwork and some cards. So there's, you know, the artwork looks cool. It looks very sort of cartoony, not meant to be taken too seriously. But other than that, it's uh, all I'm seeing is prototypes. So I'm not necessarily, oh, prototypes from UKGE apparently. So I think I couldn't go to UKGE, so I missed out on this. But yeah, this is a need. I mean, what, what do they say? 
So, you are in command of your first starship and hungry to prove yourselves in a galaxy full of space pirates. Um, in the 2 to 4 to player Euro style game, which mixes action selection and engine building, you manage a diverse crew of cadets, ensigns, androids, and officers, each with special roles and capabilities. By earning medals, you can promote and train your crew for even greater effectiveness. Similarly, you can upgrade your ship with powerful engine building technology. What will you do with this enhanced crew and ship? Explore an ever-shifting galaxy full of dangerous pirates and interplanetary missions to boost your reputation with three distinct galactic factions. Nothing about that was bad. Everything about that, even the fact that it's two to four players, uh, doesn't mention the solo mode, so that's a minor inconvenience, but honestly, not every game needs to have a solo mode. Um, uh, Peter B. Hofgard, who has... What else he designed? Is that it? Oh. First... Uh, is it first design? Yeah, oh, well, first design. Okay, well, good luck to you, mate. Um, at least it is per board game geek. But yeah, I mean, this looks fun. 40 to 100 minutes, so not that long. I mean, let's add a bit to there. So we're saying two hours max. Weight 2.4, so this could be a mid-weight game with the Star Trek theme. Honestly, I, I, this is really high. You know, this and Deal with the Devil, I think, are the two games I'm most looking forward to at Essen. I will be frothing at the mouth to get a demo of this done. But I'm hoping to get review copies of this as well. This is definitely one as a Star Trek semi-fan. Because I do love Next Generation. I do love uh, Voyager. And I really love Strange New Worlds. And I quite like Discovery as well. Uh, wasn't a bit, I'm not a massive original theories buff. I didn't particularly like Deep Space Nine. I know that some people will hate me for that. Didn't like Enterprise. And Picard can die a slow painful death. Not the captain, the series. The series Picard is god-awful. Some of the worst writing and agenda building I've ever seen. It is god-awful horrible. And, you know, Screen Van's back. But, yeah. So, <laughs> is that coming because I dissed uh, Picard series? But, yeah, the, the Starship Captains looks fantastic. Cannot, cannot wait. How are we doing? I'm on 40 minutes. Okay, well, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Ro Revive uh, from Porter Games. Now, Booking Ramblings have talked about this one. I have not even really looked at this one, but uh, Revive. Revive Civilization 5,000 years after the fall of humankind. Charming. Uh, one to four players with asymmetric player powers, highly variable setup, and no fighting or direct conflict. Okay, cool. Uh, five part campaign, though, is what put me off. Unlocks additional contents, and once all contents have been unlocked, the game can be replayed indefinitely. So, this sounds exactly like a mini charter stone, where it teaches you the game bit by bit, introduces the elements that you wanted to have at the start of the whole thing, and just gives you it in piecemeal. I don't know how I feel about the idea of playing that many games to get the contents introduced. I like having a learning game, where throughout the learning game you introduce all the components, but having to play a campaign to unlock them all... How interesting is this campaign going to be? Uh, you know, am I going to care about the... Is there a story? Am I going to care about the story? I don't know, but uh, it looks interesting. I mean, it's got an interesting-looking board, uh, a complicated-looking board. I mean, this this is a dual-layer board, and it looks complicated as all get-out in terms of, like, its layout. It's got, like, numbered paths going everywhere to various different hexes and icons, and then a point track around the left-hand side, and other tracks down the bottom right, and more tracks here and tracks there. It's a track-filled dual-layer board. The cover is 
fine. I mean, it's nothing stellar, but I mean, the board looks pretty cool. The artwork, ooh, the artwork looks pretty cool actually on these cards. So we'd like blue alien uh, avatar like thing there's a little robot <laughs> that, that, that robot design is quite cool it's got like two like telescopic eyes sticking out and it's uh kind of looks like a star wars imperial probe droid colored white with telescopic eyes it's kind of weird a uh, little assassin dude so i mean yeah some cool stuff uh meeples um hex exploration map okay i mean i'm intrigued by this you know Play as a unique tribe, relearn ancient technologies, unlock machines, customize your board, recruit followers. The concept sounds good. It's just this whole five-part campaign thing that kind of makes me a little bit wary. So what did I put Revive on? I put it on as a maybe. I'm still a little bit... I'm still a little bit concerned about this five-part campaign. So I'm going to leave it as maybe, but uh, it could be a pretty sweet game. I know they liked it. I know Board Game Ramblings liked it. Uh, okay, Atawar, English edition. Um, Dice Tower did a recent series, um, an episode on worst board game covers. Atawar has got to be somewhere in that. I mean, this is about fruit bats. But this fruit bat looks like it's a bear's head on top of a fruit bat. It looked creepy as old get out. And it's got orange eyes that look like it's stoned. Do you remember the cover to Inhabit the Earth? What is up with this cover? It looks so weird. Lookout games seem to have a problem with coming up with decent covers. Now, okay, I thought, is this a farming game? Is this another Feed Your People style game? But it's kind of none of those things. It's choose your actions carefully as you balance the needs of community and nature. It's uh, apparently a region of southeastern Ghana and Africa. Never heard. Yes, I know Ghana, but I've not heard of like the Atua range specifically. Steep-sided hills. A large portion is an evergreen forest reserve home to endangered species. Um, puts the reserves under a lot of pressure from logging and hunting. So what exactly are you doing in this? So we're talking about fruit bats. In the game, you will develop a small community near the Atua range, creating housing for new families and sharing your newly gained knowledge on the negative effects of mining and the importance that the fruit bats have for the environment. You must acquire new land, manage your animals and resources, and make your community prosper. Whoever does this the best for the uh, needs of the community and the environment wins. I mean, the components don't look like anything particularly cool. Uh, the cover, as I say, looks horrible. But, I mean, it's... Yeah, there's a whole thread here. There's a seven-page thread on Board Game Geek for let's talk about that cover art. <laughs> yeah, the cover art I think is horrible. I think that is a horrible cover. But what did I put this as at a while? Because it's Uwe Rosenberg. I put it as like. And to be fair, a lot of that is because there's an element of farming, an element of territorial building, and it's animals. I like anything themed around animals. It's a theme I just go for. And it's Uri Rosenberg, 1 to 4 minutes, 30 to 120 minutes. That sounds like it's too big a range, so I'm expecting this to probably be a 90-minute, 2-hour game, no matter who I'm playing this with. But, I mean, I want to trick out the game. You know, it sounds like an interesting mechanical game. The theme odd i mean it's a very interesting region that he's picked and fruit bats being a thing is certainly going to be the butt of jokes but i'm intrigued all right uh tile term which i think is actually pronounced teletum or something like that i think somebody was telling me about that but i can't really say too much about this it's another board and dice game i have a review copy and i've played it solo and multiplayer i just haven't recorded the video so i will be doing a proper review of this uh, and going into the solo mode this will be the first video i do where i'm gonna split them into multiplayer and solo because 
My videos for reviews, I'm, I'm done with the detail format. I'll, I'll use it now and again in the normal reviews, but I'm done with those videos that were all with the detail uh, uh, transitions and that because the problem with them is that they take so long to record, they don't get enough views to justify it, and they're quite long. So I find that my format where I've got the game open in front of me on the tables works better. It allows me to show off components, it's easier to set up camera and lighting wise, and I can get the videos done in a more condensed length and time. But it does go on long if I include solo mode, because particularly with David Turksy's solo modes, they are practically half a different game in themselves. So this will be the first time where I'm going to experiment by doing the express review format for the multiplayer, and then do a side video released at the same time, which will go into the solo mode only, and then you'll get two separate verdicts that way. And I'm going to experiment with that and see what it is. I mean, maybe I need to change the title because Express Reviews probably doesn't work. I might just call it Broken Meeple Reviews from now on and just go nice and generic. But yeah, I'm starting to feel like I might be done with the whole detail format. But Teletum is a, uh, I digress, sorry. Uh, you travel to various cities to acquire trade contracts for wool and iron, as well as, uh, you know, contribute to the construction of cathedrals, uh, the favor of noble families, and participate in fairs where your main business occurs. It's a dice management game where you manipulate dice. The dice are your resources and also the action that you're doing. It's beige. It is the most beigeous theme euro ever like nothing in this game is remotely sound like immersive or even feeling thematic frankly you know this is a beige euro through and through now it sounds like i'm negative on the game i have more positive than negatives for this game however the negatives for this game are relatively big negatives so it's it's a bit of a balancing act with this one um slight spoiler alert i prefer it to terracotta army but I say the game is fun for the most part, and the solo mode's pretty good as well. But there are some issues with how it plays, particularly at high player counts, and certain elements of the game, and how you kind of need to do everything to succeed, but one is more important than the rest. It's there's some little issues like that that pop up, but it's you know it's one that if you like making turns full of janky combos then you'll certainly love this game if you're a fan of dice manipulation and beige euros you'll like it as well it's you know, like i say it is a beige euro at the end of the day it's nothing particularly new it's just another beige euro that rating there of seven may or may not change that's kind of my initial thoughts after playing the solo mode but Will that drop to a 6 or increase to an 8 with the review? We shall see. But uh, yeah, I've yet to record the video, but we will be doing that at some point. So I'm not going to say too much more on this one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Heat. Pedal to the metal. Yeah, I'm interested in this one. This is a Days of Wonder. So this is a racing game. I always like a good racing game. Uh, it's Formula 1, which is boring. Not a massive fan of that, but you know it's basically simple and intuitive hand management uh puts players in the driver's seat of intense car races uh manage your car speed if you don't want to overheat keep your engine cool compete in a single race or championship blah 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 it's a racing game whatever but weather road conditions and events will change every race to spice up the championship it's like okay and there's a solo mode so i mean this is meant to be a 30 to 60 minute game relatively low weight one to six players and Vincent Dutrait artwork, uh, and also designer Asker Harding Grenard. I totally butchered that name. I'm sorry, but you know this guy has done 
I think this guy's done quite a few other games. Yeah, Flam Rouge. I really like Flam Rouge. Deep Blue was a bit of a dud. Uh, 13 Days was okay. Not played Iron Curtain. Not played Tale of Pirates. Copenhagen Roll and Write is a decent enough game, but I don't desperately need to play the big version. Uh, mainly, I would give this guy credit for you know, Helsinki, this one is. I don't recognize some of these other ones, but he did Flam Rouge. Flam Rouge is a solid racing game, so as much as I may not necessarily be a massive fan of the other games he's done, my favorite from him is a racing game. So if he's doing another racing game, clearly this is a genre that he knows how to do well. Uh, it look, I mean, it's Vincent Detroit artwork, which means it's going to be gorgeous. I mean, that does look like pretty impressive uh, production quality. Uh, it's definitely got a hand management system that looks a bit like Flam Rouge there. I mean, your player boards look pretty similar, but... Vin oh, God, yeah, that cover does look pretty nice. It... I mean, uh, well, maybe not the prototypes. Uh, can we find something that isn't prototypey, please? <laughs> I know that this game has more stuff that isn't prototypey, okay? Uh, that's a bit better. So, yeah, I mean, Vincent Detroit's going to leave his mark on here. I'm down for another simple racing game because I enjoy Downforce. I love a long shot the dice game. Um, it, racing games are fun. I enjoy a good, simple racing game that keeps it tense and keeps it fun. Didn't like Rallyman, though. Rallyman GT, I thought, was a bit weird and a little bit fiddly with the dice and stuff like that it's yeah that one's sort of why i bounced off but days of wonder you're due for another cool game that isn't just ticket to ride so by all means heat pedal to the metal i am down for this sabika i think paul grogan has been doing stuff on this recently uh what we got 52 minutes blimey okay well we'll talk for another 10 minutes on some hotness stuff i might just have to go a bit quicker over some of these um but as i say i can't talk about too many games on this sm preview but i'm going over what is considered the hotness so that should be enough okay what do we got uh maybe i'll go on a bit longer than 10 minutes so players one of the nobles who contributed to the construction of the alhambra on the hill of Al-Zabika and Granada, the Nasrid dynasty, I don't even know what half this stuff is, created one of the most impressive constructions in history, the Alhambra. Yeah, I know what the Alhambra is. I like the board game based on it as well. You play the role of one of the Nasrid nobles who contributed to the construction of the towers and the palaces of this monument. In addition to this task, you have to establish trade routes through Europe and the Maghreb. Okay, I'm not exactly down for this yet. These routes will provide you with sufficient income to be able to take on the demanding tribute that is commanded by the Catholic monarchs. In exchange for your work, you will receive military protection against the various conflicts of the Taifas Kingdom. I have no idea about Middle Eastern history. I don't know what the hell this is talking about. <laughs> so I am totally, like, confused as I'll get out as to what this is talking about. And I'll bet you this is an abstracted game. So what have we got here? Three interrelated rondelles. Oh, God, it's shipyard all over again. Each rondelle focuses on a different scenario, the construction, the carving of poems, and the export of goods. Five rounds, get the most prestige points wins. Okay, so pretty much like most Euros. I'm pretty sure, yes, um, yeah, Paul Grogan four days ago did a solo playthrough of this. Can't say the board looks particularly interesting. In fact, this board looks pretty bland. Well, I don't know, some of the elements not too bad, but there's a lot of brown. I hope you like brown. Uh, brownie and yellowy brownies. But three interrelated rondelles. Is this going to be fun? I don't know. I haven't seen the video on it because the thing is, the, the theme doesn't interest me. And I don't understand one liggity split about what I was reading in that description. But eh, I guess I'll check out Paul Grogan's video and find I mean, Ludenover, publisher, eh, they're hit and miss with me. 60 to 120 minutes, one to four players. Could be interesting, but 
I'm not going to desperately seek this one out, though. I think I might just pass this one and let it fall on my lap at a later time, or maybe Paul will show me it and I'll, like, give it a try then, but... Yeah, I'm not exactly desperate for another shipyard game because I didn't massively like shipyard. All right, take a drink. Let's move on. All right, uh, with Flamecraft, I have no idea. Lucky Duck Games. I haven't even looked into this one really. I heard this was like a uh, like a 60 minutes a magical realm where dragons make coffee and cakes. I mean, this sounded like a kids game, so I think I sort of went past. You gather, you take on the role of a flame keeper, gathering items, placing dragons, and casting enchantments to enhance the shops of the town. Dragons are specialized. Um, you, uh, if you're fortunate enough to attack fancy dragons, you will have opportunities to secure even more reputation. I mean, it's Lucky Duck game, so I expect it to look good on the table. I expect it to be pretty simple in terms of its rules, and it does look pretty cool. It's definitely cartoony, although I've got to admit, these, this... This picture here of a blacksmith where he's got a little pet dragon that looks happy and he's like heating up his coal with fire while carrying a pot. And then there's a dragon in the bakery. Actually, actually saying that, this does look... This cartoony artwork is making me want to play the game more because it does look very cool and in a sense funny and charming. Oh yeah, I mean these are very charming pictures. That's the first word that comes to my mind, charming. Uh, wasn't this on Kickstarter? I think I skipped it on Kickstarter. But, interesting, I mean, is this for kids? Is this for adults? It does look very kiddie, but, but I don't know, I'd give this a try. I'd give it a try. But I'm curious, is it, it says 10+, plus, which doesn't suggest it's necessarily for kids. Um, I'm curious, uh, is anybody non-high beat, let's see, Mark Street on the Dice Towers previewed this, anybody else? Uh, Edo... Uh, anybody else? Nobody? No, no slicker drips. No oh, Hungry Gamers done a bit. But, yeah. yeah. Nobody that I would jump on board to sort of go, no, no. Um, I don't know who to really trust on this one. I think I'll just maybe pass by Lucky, I'll pass by the Lucky Duck Games booth and I'm sure I'll see someone I recognise and, you know, hopefully get a meeting with them and I'll look into it. But, I don't really know much else about it, so let me know in the comments what you think about this game, if it's something you've played. But it's Lucky Duck Games, so it's probably going to be pretty good, just by sheer like reputation and uh, consistency that they've had, given credit. Voidfall, Voidfall, massive, stupidly huge Euro game. I have backed this. I am almost regretting the fact that I've backed this, not because I don't think the game will be good, but I played a one-round demo of it, and my god, the rules overhead and the complexity of this game is off the friggin' chain. This is Mind Clash Games doing what they typically do, stupidly complex games. 4.38 on the BGG weight scale, which I know is a garbage stat, but man... That is heavy, and I am not joking, it's heavy. It's a Space 4X game that is basically... It combines attention and player interaction and Deep Empire's customization of the 4X genre. We'll, we'll be the judge of that, because, I mean, after one round, I couldn't really tell. Uh, with the resource management, tight decisions, and minimum luck gameplay of an economic euro. Uh, push back the Voidborn in solo co-op mode, or overcome your rivals in the competitive mode. That always worries me, because when you've got two different modes, are they both designed well? Uh, both using the same rule set and game system. Variability is ensured not only by multiple playable houses with strengths and weaknesses, but also by many different map setups. So, if I try to explain any more, I think it, I'd be here forever. But it's a Nigel Buckle and David Turksey design. It's Ian O'Toole's artwork and it's Mind Clash Games. 
I enjoyed the one round demo I played, despite the fact that it took a while. But this is going to be a mammoth undertaking. I mean, it was not an easy game. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to micromanage. But it was good fun. My worry from backing this is, is it maybe just a bit too complicated? Are we going down the On Mars route for, you know, for Lacerda, but we're doing it with this one for Mind Clash, where it's just maybe a bit too much, a bit too complicated for its own good? But we shall see. I enjoyed what I did so far. I hope this is amazing when I finally get to play it properly when it's uh, fulfilled. But I won't be going near this at Essen because, honestly, I don't need to do another round demo. I'm just going to wait for it to fulfill on Kickstarter and uh, see what happens. But, uh, oh my god, did I, re did I make a mistake backing this? I don't know. Oh, it's, it looks and felt scary. But it did feel fun. That is the main thing. So we shall see. We'll see in the future. Autobahn. Um, I'm not really going to say too much about this because I've already done a preview video of this. This is an economic Euro game uh, from Alley Cat Games. And it's essentially you're building up areas of the German Autobahn, connecting routes and building roads, transporting goods from various places, constructing petrol stations to benefit from the traffic. It uses an action card system where the card is the action, but you can buy upgraded action cards. It, I found it quite neat. Uh, if, you know, this is definitely a heavier title for Alley Cat Games, and I found it an interesting, slightly different feeling game. I don't really want to say much more about it, though, except I've done a preview video on the channel. Go check it out. It has all my thoughts and musings on it there. Obviously, I'm not going to be looking for this at Essen because I don't think it's finished yet. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll give it a full review when it gets released properly. I'm sure Alley Cat Games will be more, you know, sending me a copy at that point. You know, fair play to them. So it, it's a cool game. It, it, I found it quite cool from the prototype I was playing. And it does look cool. It's colourful. I reckon this will be a pretty decent hit for them. But, you know, I've only managed to preview a prototype of it. So I can only say so much. But go check out my video on that. It will explain a lot more. But if, yeah, if you're into midweight Euros and Alley Cat Games or a publisher you get into, I'd give them a look. All right. Europa Universe, Universalis, The Price of Power. I've never even heard of this. Um, is this, is Europa, this is a paradox game, isn't it? Uh, Govern a Europe great nation for the ages of discovery, reformation, absolutism, and revolutions. 300 years of history, the Dark Ages. Uh, this has to have been done with Paradox, is it Paradox Interactive? Oh my god, solo mode by David Turksey. Turksey, will you take a break? Where do you find the time to do all these solo modes, man? Would you kindly, like, take a holiday? <laughs> you know, let someone else have a try. <laughs> Just dominating the solo market. But, I mean, it looks um, busy on the board. It looks like there's a lot going on. This definitely looks like a big, heavy, 4X-style fantasy game. I'm pretty positive this is either a Paradox uh, strategy game, much like Stellaris, and that, or it's just a strategy game in its own right. I'm pretty positive this is a PC game somewhere. Oh, here we go. Yeah, the board game is based on the famous strategy game series by Paradox Interactive. Right, so yes, this is this is going to be a heavy game. One to four players, uh, up to six for the expansion. Four ga four X game, historical setting... Uh, you can develop the internal machinery of starting your player board, build diplomatic relations, explore faraway parts of the world, recruit advisors, hopefully you can get technologies and stuff. 
I mean, the concept is fun. It certainly sounds fun, but it sounds like a massive complicated game. I mean, this is Paradox Games after all, and I did back Stellaris, the other game, but I've never played this. I mean, it's it's a historical setting that I don't particularly care about, but could it be good? I mean, weight 4.29. I mean, this is Voidfall levels of weight. Will it be any good? I don't know, but... Uh... Sorry, need a drink. But who knows? I mean, the cover's... Okay, I mean, I like the artwork and the background there. It's Paradox. I don't know about Jaeger Games, though. A-E-G-I-R. What else have they done? Let's have a look. Uh, Jaeger Games. Uh, Jaeger Games. Uh, company developing historical war games. They've done something called Campen om Norge, and that's it. I can't see anything else. Oh, and something called Crazy Neighbors, which looks far from anything like that. Rank 10,000 and rank unranked i don't know i don't know what crazy neighbors is but yeah this is a little concerning this is a pretty like brand new publisher nothing really to their name and now they're doing something as grandiose as this i'm gonna say skip unless i hear good reviews yeah personally tribes of the wind oh okay la boite de jour now this is again vincent Dutrait. so this does look pretty sweet from the cover perspective I don't know much about the designer, jo uh, Joachim Fawn, I think it was uh, pronounced. But it looks very pretty. I mean, that is a beautiful looking board. It doesn't look particularly complicated. Yeah, I don't need to see all your cards in the artwork. Show me more of the game state. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty straightforward. All right, what is this game about, though? Because I know very little about it. Post-apocalyptic world, the tribes of the wind are going to rebuild the world and the polluted ruins from the past. It sounds like Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, you know, the um, uh, that really cool uh, Studio Ghibli movie. Players will have to paint, plant forests, build new villages and temples, and decontaminate surrounding areas. They will be able to play cards in their hand, but be careful. The effect or even the possibility of playing a card may vary depending on the back of the surrounding, the back of the surrounding opponent's cards. Players may also send their wind riders to explore the area, plant forest, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, improve your powers, unlock special abilities, build their fifth village, player with the most points wins. That's all it's really saying there. But that's intriguing. The effect or even the possibility of playing the card may vary depending on the back of your surrounding opponent's cards. That sounds really cool. A Hanabi-style card system that... Oh, oh, let's have a look. What did I put this on? Tribes of the Win. I put it on like. I think I'm going to 40 to 90 minutes, 2 to 5. I'm going to upgrade this to want. That 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 concept sounds amazing. Ah, something unique, something different. Well, yes, we've had this Hanabi style mechanic before, but used in this way sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm going to look this one up in detail. All right. 1998 ISS. I have no idea what this is. That cover looks boring. Research the International Space Station and expand it. I have no idea what this is. I honestly... Yeah, that looks... Uh, no. I don't know what this is. I honestly have no information. This is thumbed up a lot, is it? Apparently. Looping games. Um, played in rounds. Astronaut training. Materials loading. Modules preparation. Uh, it doesn't sound like anything different. So, you just basically build the International Space Station. I would like it more if that cover didn't look so boring. That looks dull as all get out. I mean, I would have mistaken this for like an 18xx game if you hadn't told me it was in space. Yeah, 
I don't know. I'm not that fussed about this one. Um, I'm going to move on. All right, where are we at? We're at an hour and six minutes. Well, you know what? This is a preview special. Why don't we just keep going for a bit? Because there's some I want to talk about that I haven't yet. All right, Endless Winter, Penny Americans. Right, I have backed this on Kickstarter for All In. I have played the game multiple times. I could almost do a review at this point. I've played it enough times because I played it three times even at uh, Manicon, you know, to help Paul out with his videos. So Paul Grogan has done a ton of content for Endless Winter. So by all means, look at this. How to play base game. How Official solo tutorial and playthrough. Uh, what else? So, you know, see all. He's done... How to play base game, Ancestors expansion, Rivers and Rast expansion, the cave paintings, you name it, Paul Grogan has given you all the information you need to know about this game. So by all means, honestly, all I'll say is I've enjoyed the game. I have some reservations about the uh, the end game arc of this game, but it looks gorgeous. It's not that difficult to play. You can create some janky combos and it's not too long either. It's not the shortest game ever. I mean, 60 to 120 minutes, but it doesn't tend to go on past the two, two and a bit hour mark tops. It was good fun, uh, but I will give this a review once I get the full game and have a chance to play some of the expansions and stuff and maybe just double check my findings. But yeah, I mean, so far my first impressions are an 8 out of 10. So it's positive, but I need to give it more plays and, you know, you know, solidify my thoughts a little bit because we were playing it sort of brand new at Manicon. But yeah, by all means, you want to know more about Endless Winter, Paul Grogan has got you well and truly covered. All right, uh, Unconscious Mind. Right, I am meeting with Fantasia Games, actually, so we'll talk about Endless Winter, but it'll be a good chance because I don't think I've met anyone from Fantasia Games yet, so it'll be good to introduce myself. But this one was the one that I was really interested in, Unconscious Mind. I mean, 2023, so is it even at the convention? Unconscious Mind. Uh, it's a demo only, that's why. But yeah, this is the one that I'm interested in from Fantasia Games. So, um, you know, Johnny Pack, done some pretty good games in the past. Uh, Fantasia Games. Now, this is what's got me interested, right? So, theme-wise, Vienna in the early 1900s, the neurolo neurologist Sigmund Freud established a revolutionary set of theories and techniques called psychoanalysis, uh, related to the study of the unconscious mind. As a member of the Society and Unconscious Mind, a game that blends worker placement, engine building, multi-use cards, and action programming. Other than the action programming, I like all those things. Your goal is to master therapeutic techniques, establish a practice, and grow your clientele. By delving into your clients' dreams, their unconscious minds, you help them recover from various traumas and complexes. As a result, they will lead, live happier, more productive lives. And you can publish volumes of your work, which will get cited, la la la. So, this sounds such a cool concept from a thematic perspective all right so again something unique innovative new 45 to 90 minutes is a pretty short play time one to four players as well so the fact that this isn't going to be a massively long game fills me with a bit of hope although we'll see how complicated this actually is but here's the weird thing with this it's two separate artists, Andrew Bosley and uh, Vincent Tutrait. the idea being that the dream world is Vincent, I think the real world is Vincent Dutrait and the unconscious world is Andrew Bosley. It's one way, it's one way or the other. So the artwork's going to have two different styles for dream world and the real world. And I think that's such a clever idea. Not to mention the unconscious mind stuff is going to have weird effects. I mean, these two look normal. Bird on a cage and a tree with a waterfall on it. Okay, fine. What the hell is going on here though? I mean, Dixit doesn't have stuff as weird as this. You've got 
random little items balancing on a rock in this left picture. What is going on with this right one here? It's got items being balanced on the back of small domestic, small animals, a rabbit, a fox, and a raccoon that are on that have got extended legs or almost stilt legs. Um, have you seen the Striders from Half-Life, the PC game, or the uh, those four-legged things or whatever that wandered around in War of the Worlds? Imagine them, but with the body and head of a rabbit and a raccoon. That is what this picture is showing. What the hell? <laughs> what, cr what crack were you smoking when you came up with this card? But it looks cool. It's well-drawn, and it does intrigue me to want to play the game. It's going to get comments every time it pops up, but... What were you smoking? <laughs> I don't know. But this game has a very cool concept, two good artists, a, um, a you know a unique, innovative theme. I'm down for this one. In fact, you know what? Want. I'm going to upgrade it. You know that playtime and looking at some of that artwork in more detail. I've upgraded this to a one. I want to check out this game. Stop. Winter, let's say I'm going to, all right, well, we're getting to the point where I need to kind of finish. So let's, uh, let's just scroll down the list a bit further and just mention some titles, but mainly I'll talk about a few more that are on my personal thing. So uh, Winter from Devier Games, Resist, uh, Salt and Pepper Games, Meadow, oh, Meadow, I have got the game Meadow now. I repurchased it because I like it, but there was one aspect of the game, those little path tiles you got, the road tiles. I never really quite understood them, and the camp, like, you you go through all this effort to get those tiles so that you can get these other cards which are no more lucrative than just getting the normal cards. It's kind of odd, but, you know, it's a pleasant game, it's got gorgeous artwork, and it's nice and simple, and I kind of thought, and the campfire board actions just seem like, oh, I can't do anything useful, therefore I'll do this lesser action. They felt a little bit down. But after a while, I'm like, I kind of feel like I would like to get it in the collection again because it is nice and pleasant and gateway-like. And I'm not going to lie, this expansion for Meadow Downstream sounds like it expands the game a bit more to make it a bit more gamery for me. So I'm looking forward to that. And not to mention the game has the cutest little otter on it in the pool in the water. Look at his little nose and whiskers. <laughs> I love otters. Otters are one of my favorite animals. If I see them at a zoo, I am like, you have to pull me away from an otter cage at a zoo. Because they're squeaking. They're adorable. <laughs> I love otters. They're so cool. They're so amazing. And yeah, I think the expansion kind of maybe maybe want to like buy the game again. But. This is a lovely otter. In Horizons and Spirit Island, you actually get to play a mud otter. I am so playing that. <laughs> I'm so checking out that one. Right, anyway. Uh, Human Punishment, that's been released recently. I think Kienda had it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to say anything. Core Quest, don't care. It's a kid's game. It's not, you know, I don't have kids, so I've got no interest in that. Um, I feel like it got hyped up quite a bit because of the designers. I don't know, but I mean, it did well on Kickstarter, so whatever. It's not for me. It's not, I, you know, I'm not going to be playing it because I don't have kids. So, whatever. Turing Machine. I don't know anything about this, but Cracking Codes, uh, you know, I mean, a deduction style game. I'm intrigued. Uh, is it a deduction game? Crack Codes. I assume it's that. Uh, fascinating competitive deduction game, unique experience of questioning a proto-computer that works without electricity or any sort of technology. Find the secret code before the other players by cleverly questioning the machine. Okay. Um, do you use an app? I'm not sure. 
the picture. I mean, the problem is the box and the components look boring, but then I guess it's meant to be because it's a Turing machine. But I'm intrigued, but I'm not desperate to seek it out. My Island from Cosmos, I don't know anything about it. Ah, deal with the devil. How is this not higher up in the thumbs? I'm sorry, you're telling me that 1998 ISS about building the rotten space station got more thumbs than deal with the devil. I'm sorry, I don't believe that for a second. This game I am definitely gunning for at Check Game Editions. Four players, three hidden roles, two opposing paths, one mighty ruler. Okay? It is looking to be a long game. Two to two and a half hours does sound pretty long, and it pretty much is a four-player game, which is maybe the problem, the fact that it's kind of fixed at four players. Although, to be honest, getting four players is not that difficult for a game night. So, a deeply thematic competitive Euro game set in a fantasy medieval era. Each of the four players takes on the secret role of a mortal, cultist, or even the devil. Due to the asymmetrical roles, you experience the same game but with different goals. So what you're doing is not necessarily the most entertaining thing. I mean, you're blind trading, you can offer your resources in exchange for money from another player. The devil will tempt mortals with goods for a piece of their soul, while the cultist nature is to sell their soul easily. The accompanying app, so app is great, no, only that app knows who's trading with whom. But beware, showing off how well you are doing can attract unwelcome attention and the suspicion of other players. It may also pique the interest of the Inquisition, who is eager to punish those who can't prove their souls remain intact. There are many dynamic strategies to experiment. Uh, will you sell pieces of your soul early to boost your city building progress at the risk of future punishment? Or will you carefully manage loan and debt repayment? So the idea that this is an economic game is a little bit concerning, because it's not the first thing I would do. But the artwork looks cool, but it's mainly just that theme. That theme sounds brilliant. This is such a unique theme. And I think it's going to steal the show. I think this is going to be one of the most popular games at Essen. Everybody's going to be want to jump on this. That theme sounds amazing. I want to play the stat. You know, the cover, interesting looking cover. I mean, I love the idea that you've got the, the devil's, like, devil's sort of dude, like, Jesser in a red costume, but then behind him, the shadow is, like, the grinning devil in the background. I don't know what on earth this weird fish thing is that's holding up the candlestick. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but you've got the king, you've got the priest, you've got a little imp there. There's some really interesting stuff about this game that's just got me hyped to try it. That is such a cool theme. If it works, I'm going to be loving this game. But we'll find out. I'll hopefully get a copy, do a review. I'll certainly be trying to get into a demo. Whew, this could be a massive hit. Alrighty, Home Sweet Home, Devier Games. I mean, Devier Games release a lot. I mean, we've got Home Sweet Home, Regine, uh, Pole Position. That's not Devier Games, but Pole Position is... That used to be a... Actually, yeah, you want a bit of a laugh. Look up Pole Position on YouTube, uh, the old Atari game or whatever it was. Um, you might be able to find it, but you're looking for the Pole Position advert. It was on Nostalgia Critic one time. And see if you can find it, right? You'll know you've got the right one because you'll hear a guy talk to a family from narrator or whatever saying, hey, you look like a real jerk. Or like, what you doing? And that you'll know you've got the right video on that, right? Keep watching it. It's one of the most like, what the hell funny, like it, it's such a cool ad for the time period. And it's just like, well, what's going on? It will shock you. But it's brilliant. It's such a cool advert. Find it. Pole position. The game looks crappy, but the advert is brilliant. Uh, Mayscape. Terra Nova. Right. So Capstone Games have got the 
Terra Nova uh, standalone reimplementation where it's meant to be Terra Mystica, but easier. Now, granted, I think the game could do with a bit of streamlining because there's a bit too much going on in it. 60 to 90 minutes, I'm cool with that. The question is, is it too simple? Is it not going to have the same feel as the big one? What are people who love Terra Mystica going to think? Are they going to think that this is an insult? Uh, the fact that it's done by... Wait a minute, isn't done by Cosmos? I thought this was uh, going to be Capstone Games. Who's it? Who's doing it? Oh no, Capstone Games and Cosmos. Alright, so I guess it depends where it's been published. But yeah, I thought it was Capstone Games. But, I mean, I'll try it. Honestly, 10 asymmetric factions. I mean, I liked Terra Mystica okay, but it was a bit too bland and dull. And if you got... Not dull, but it was a bit too bland and dry for my liking. And it, it took a long time. And if you got stuck early on, you had no chance of winning. Like, it literally pseudo-knocked you out of the game. And that really, really puts me off. Same problem in Gaia Project. So, will a simpler version appeal to me more? Who knows? But I'm not desperate for Terra Nova, but I'll try it if I see it. Uh, Tindaya, I'm not really going to say much about this. It sounds like a really cool game about trying to appease the gods and get your tribes to survive in that, but I've just had it delivered and I've unboxed it earlier at home. So I will do a review on this at some point in the future, but not until after Essen. I doubt I'll get time before Essen to play it, although you never know, maybe I'll get lucky. But I was intrigued enough to back it on Kickstarter because it wasn't too bad a cost for what you got. Uh, I'm interested to see whether this whole thing of competitive or cooperative mode and civilization, environmental and stuff, whether it's any good. I've heard good things, but that's all I can really say about Tindaya. Mayscape, Kingdom Defenders, meh, Uranium Burger Canal or whatever it is. Um, Uwe Rosenberg, one to two player game, building industries and infrastructure does not sound like something I'm going to go for. Evergreen, make your planet as verdant as possible from horrible guild games. They tend to do uh, have decent stuff. A quick drink. So, in Evergreen, your goal is to build a lush ecosystem by planting seeds, growing trees, and placing other natural elements on your planet, trying to make it the greenest and most fertile of all. It doesn't look like much, uh, although it does have some interesting looking cards. Uh, create a huge forest. Looks pretty basic from a board and component perspective, but maybe this is good. I don't know. I mean, I'll... I'll jump in a demo if I see it. Some of these games that don't look like they'll get much buzz are usually the good ones to get into demos because you guarantee you'll be able to jump in and get a quick game done. All right, I need to start wrapping this up if I'm going to have anything else to do today because I've still got to go to the gym. I've, I've still got to edit this, get it online, and finish off the Kingdom Come Deliverance preview and then go to the gym and then I'm going for a meal later. So it's like, yeah, I got stuff to do. Uh, I guess I'll be playing all my games like Tainted Grail tomorrow, which is handy. Thank God for the bank holiday. Uh, in Sector, don't know anything about it. Joan of Arc, Orleans, Draw and Write. Uh, the worst, one of the worst covers I have seen in the board game ever. It is bland. It is horrible. That picture, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear anybody ragging on anything I consider to be good artwork. When you, who like Orleans, play not only a game that I think is subpar anyway, but are willing to invest your time in this Draw and Write version with a cover that looks that crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care. It's crap. That is a crap-looking cover, and I have no interest in this game. Right, okay. Uh, moving down. Undaunted. Undaunted's fine. I enjoyed the game a little bit, but it was just not one I wanted to keep. But uh, Osprey Games do some good stuff. If you're into the Undaunted series, Stalingrad, give it a look. Clever Forever. I don't care about these re-implementations of Ganshlon Clever. Evora. Puerto Rico 1897. I mean, I don't really care about... You know, uh, it's... 
Uh, the game was alright, but I hated dealing with Puerto Rico Sharks, the ones who have played the game before and hate it when you sit after them and make a dodgy move for what they consider to be the best move. The fact that you've re-themed it, fine, it makes it more open to a diverse market, but whatever, I'm not interested in the game. Acropolis, I've already done a review on it, so you can check that out. Fantasy Pub, eh, sounds like a cool idea, but I'm not desperate. Cat in the Box, well, that looks like a weird kiddie game or something, I'm not that fussed. Uh, Oak from Game Brewer, again, I'm not that desperate. Uh, I mean, the cover looks nice, but Game Brewer have been a bit hit and miss with me in terms of their games. Uh, bonus box for Targi. Targi is a great two-player game. Dice Colony, that just sounds dull, dull title. Federation, San Francisco. The Wolves by Pandasaurus Games. I'm meeting with Pandasaurus Games, I think, during a convention, so I'm be interested to try and pick up a review copy of Wolves, but other than that, I don't know anything about it. I just think it's a cool-looking cover. Mm, Terra Nova seems to appear twice. Coral. Two Tomatoes games have asked me to meet with them. I don't know if Corals will be a game that I'll be that interested in, but I don't know. I'd give it a look. Maybe I should try and set up a meeting if I've got time. Maybe I'll just pass by the booth and see what's what. Uh, Planet B, Hans and Gluck. Uh, Palaces Carrera. I'm getting on Kickstarter anyway because I enjoy the original Palaces Carrera, so I'm hoping the second edition will be decent. Do not muck it up, Game Brewer. Tidal Blades, never played the original, so I don't care about the expansion. Ultray, I played it at the previous session. I thought it was too long for what it was, and that killed it, basically. I mean, it was no right co-op, and it looked good, but it's very lucky, it's very swinny, and it's just too long. Way too long. Uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig Collector's Edition. Now, this surprises me, right? I like Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I prefer Suburbia. But Castles of Magwing Ludwig has the worst AP for that uh, Master Builder selection phase ever. So that always put me off. But the review that Tom Vassell did for this was very well regarded. And he didn't even like Castles as much as Suburbia before. So this is intriguing. Although chances are I'm not going to be wanting to spend that much money on it. But apparently if you're a fan of Castles of Magwing Ludwig, you should really be looking at this collector's edition. All right, Pilgrim. Don't know anything about, and the theme doesn't really... I mean, develop your Abbey and build Pilgrim Trails using Mancala and 18xx map development. You just lost me there as soon as you mentioned the phrase 18xx map. Azul, Master Chocolatier. I do not care because Azul was fine as its base game. Stop milking the cash cow. Downfall of Empires. Do it games. No idea. Take a seat and the Swinter German. Mosaic. If I can get a demo of Mosaic, I would like to look at this because... I don't know if I'll like this or not, but the problem is the the basic version is so different in price to the Colossus 180 euro version. And I think they're going to reprint this on Kickstarter soon with that. So I would like to get in on a demo of Mosaic and see if it's any good. And if I think it's really good, I might go in for a big version of it. But we'll see. But I'd like to check this out. It says Portal Games, though. I thought it was a different publisher. Ah, War of the Ring, the card game. Yeah, I want to try this one. I like War of the Ring, but it's far too complex. It's uh, four hours, can't get it done. I'm definitely down for a simpler card game version where up to four players can compete in two teams and give me that Lord of the Rings feel. You know, so I'm definitely down for a simplified version of War of the Ring. We'll soon see. Will it kill the original game? We'll wait and see. Come Together. Now, this is a weird one because Chill Fox Games have got in touch with me and asked if I'm interested in this one. Uh, I think I... Did I set up a meeting? Did I respond to the email? I hope I did. But Come Together. Building a... Like, developing a 1960s music festival. 
Okay, I mean, it looks like very busy boards, and I don't know if the mechanics look, I mean, it almost looks kid-like from the trackboard, it almost looks like something that's a roller move, but maybe that's just the aesthetic, but I don't know, the, 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 the artwork is definitely 1960s vibe, I just don't have a massive connection to that era, but I'd give it a try, I'd give it a try. Findori, not interested, Pessoa 11, the football game, I, I looked at the prototype and I was intrigued, but I hope they've refined a few elements of it, I'm hoping, I no actually I am getting review copy of this, it's arriving later, I got um, Raffa the Lighthouse and Basilica to review, 11 is following later, so I will be doing a full review of 11 in the future, so wait and see on that. Oh, Finassery. Oh my god, this game actually appeared in the worst board game covers video that they did. Look at that! <laughs> oh, it's funnier up close. I'm sorry, audio listeners. Go look it up. It's called, uh, oh, it's not Finassery. It's called Fancy Feathers, all right? So that's the English title. Freedom and Freeze, Rio Grande Games. Look at the cover and burst out loud. <laughs> Such an awful, out-of-focus picture of... Of some kind of bird, I'm not entirely certain what. <laughs> As a pheasant, I think. It's, I think it's supposed to be a pheasant, but I know nothing about the game. And actually, the weird thing is, the artwork on the cards looks amazing. These cards look fantastic. That is brilliant bird artwork, but what the hell is up with the cover? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I gotta stop laughing, I gotta stop laughing, come on. Oh, but yeah, it's a horrible cover, but that card's look good. How did you get such a distinction? Seriously, how did that work? And Merchants of the Dark Road of Body Plate. Right, okay, I need to start wrapping this up. So we're almost up to an hour and a half. So there you go. There's my thoughts on the most thumbed up rated games on Board Game Geek Essence Spiel Preview. I hope this has given you some insight into what I'm looking forward to. Maybe it's highlighted a few games that you're interested in. Uh, do you agree with the rankings? Like, you know, do you think some of these have been overhyped? Do you think that some of them aren't hyped enough? <laughs> and uh, you've heard my comments about some of the games, both positive and negative. Anything that you want to add to that? So, uh, yeah. Let me know your thoughts. I'd be very interested to hear what you have to say. So hopefully this SM Preview uh, episode was good fun for you. I mean, 90 minutes, that's a pretty uh, long episode. So like I say, <laughs> i got to rest my throat and get stuff done. So this is going to be a fun one to edit. But uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope I'll get to meet some of you at Essen and shake your hand and say hi. Maybe if you're really lucky, I'll be able to play games with you. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I want to play games with you. Uh, but um, I've got the, the Paul Grogan's Patreon Dean in one evening and Wednesday evening I think I've got something with Greater Than Games we've got to collect our stuff and our badges but the other evenings Saturday and Thursday I think, you know, I think are going to be relatively free so maybe if, you know, I'm, I think I'm staying at the, is it the Premier Inn or the Holiday Inn? I'm not sure, it's the one right next to the train station in uh, the centre of Essen I forget which uh, I forget if it's Premier Inn or Holiday Inn or whatever, but it's one of those mainstream brands. But yeah, so I'm pretty central. It'd be cool to meet up with some of you. If I can play games with you, even better. But obviously, there's only so much time. We'll just have to see. But uh, hopefully, it'll be cool to see you and say hi. If you're not at Essen, then 
keep in touch. I hope to do some vlogs if I can, no guarantee. It depends on stuff I take with me, it depends on internet connection, whether I've got to play games, how busy I am, but it would be cool if I could do some mini vlogs, maybe 30 minutes a day, just to do a live stream of how it's going, what I've played and do initial thoughts. If I can, I will. I just don't want to guarantee it in case things go like, you know, tits up. So I will probably, I'll probably put like a, what you call it, like a, a warning, like, well, like a setup, a live stream preview, like time, like at this time on what day. I don't want to do that though, because I don't know what time I'll be able to do it. I think I'm just going to have to play it by ear. You'll, you'll have to just keep in touch with your YouTube notifications and my social media where I'll say, I'm about to do a live vlog watch it, you know, whatever. Or you can just get it at a later time. Anyway, that's it for me on this episode of The Broken Evil. Remember, you can thumb up the video, you can subscribe to the podcast, you can subscribe to the channel, you can subscribe to my Patreon, but most of all, get those comments in the uh, YouTube comments down below, because I want to hear your thoughts on a bunch of these games, both positive and negative, you know, do you dispute some of my claims, or do you agree? Let me know. Get me hyped, get other people hyped, okay? So, until next time, you can check out more content on the channel, including the top 100, as I mentioned, the uh, 50 to 41 has been done but of course check out the kingdom come deliverance preview video that i've also got coming up uh, later on this day uh it probably you probably won't be able to watch it at, until later this evening on sunday because there is a slight embargo but by all means check it out but of course there's other videos on the channel to watch as well so take care and remember as always oh but before that don't forget paul grogan tom heath the videos that they've done on those games like woodcraft and that Check them out. You know, they deserve more attention than they get. So take care. And remember, as always, regardless if you're an Essen or not, it's still only a game. Bye for now, and I hope to see you soon. Love you all.